Hello and welcome back to the Tea and Soju Sea Drama Podcast, your safe spot for sea drama chatter. I'm your host Liliana and it's time to sit back, grab your tea and let's chat Asian dramas. But in today's episode, we have a very fun episode because we are chatting K-dramas for a start and we have Jess and Naz. Go ahead and introduce yourselves and say hello. Well, you've both been on the podcast by this point, but go ahead and say hi. Uh, well, I- I'm Jess. I'm part of the Drama Trio. I host the Tebao K Rambles podcast. And if you haven't been over there, I'd love to have you over there. But Liliana's been over there and guested a bunch of times. Caitlin's been over there. And I I basically invited myself over on this Death Game podcast. So I might take a back seat. I'm just here to have a good time and like, you know, talk about this little drama for a bit. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I love this. I love this. I, I'm still, this is why I feel like this is going to be a, a little bit chaotic. Daz, you're going to enjoy what it is to be in a podcast with me and Jess. It's, it's, it's going to be great. Be, I'm so excited. It tends to be. Yeah. Um, they're always great. You always have a lot of fun. We can guarantee on those things, I think. But yeah, we, we do tend to bring the chaos, to say the least. Um, so, Naz, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Naz. I host the Soon Diaries podcast. Liliana has been on before, and Jess has been on many, many times. Um, so I'm very, very excited to be here to talk about Death's Game. It was it was so good. So, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And I was so excited to hear that Jess was coming on, too. So I was like, we're going to have so much fun. <laughs> It's a little family yeah. reunion. Yes. It is. Because like I I wanted to podcast about Death's Game. Um, and it's been a really, really long time since I've been like really intrigued by a Korean drama so much that I wanted to do a podcast for it. I, I don't think actually looking back, I have never done a Korean drama review for Tea and Soju. This is the first one so that's wow. really exciting um right. and wow. that just tells you how much i love this drama um uh but yeah let's just do some housekeeping first if you like the podcast please like share and subscribe on the platform you listen that really helps the podcast reach other listeners for more content check out patreon where you can find behind the scenes first impressions movie reviews and more finally if you would like to chat to me or find a community check out discord instagram and other socials for both myself jess and naz all of that is going to be linked in the episode notes for this episode so that is the housekeeping out of the way. Now, how did this little trio come about? Because I kind of posted on my stories that I I wanted to do an episode on this on Death's Game, but I didn't want to do it by myself. Like I wanted some company to join me <laughs> in. And um, Naz said, oh, I'm watching it. But Naz is actually on a break from her own podcast. And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> intrude. I didn't want to ask because, you know, when you're on a break and you're like, I don't want to, you know, be the one to sort of bring you. And Naz was like, no, 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 I'll happily come on. And then Jess started, yeah, and then Jess started watching it. And she was like, I'll join you. And I was like, great, this is going to be fun. Let's do this. So I'm very excited for this uh, for this one. But let's just read the my drama list synopsis. 
Uh, he's right, guys. I cannot read this word, but I think it says per- perennialite. I don't know. Perennially. I, don't, what struggled, is it? I struggled when I read that word on my podcast, too. I was like, Ugh. I was like, I can't say this word. What is that? I don't even know what that word means. Perennially. Always. Perennially. Yeah. Always. Really? Yeah. Is that what it say. means? Mm-hmm. Why did they, Why did they just not go with always? Like, I... <laughs> I'm just going to say he's always unemployed. Okay. (laughs) He's always unemployed. His ex-girlfriend has moved on and he's just lost all his life savings to a Bitcoin scam. Burdened by social uh, society pressures, Choi Yee-jae decides to take his own life. Insulted by his flippant attitude towards dying, death comes to punish him with her game. He must experience death over and over again through 13 other lives. But if he can find a way to survive the imminent death coming for these lives, he gets to live out their lifetime. His life was a bust, but what about the lives of others? Now, when it comes to cast, this drama is stacked. There is like so many familiar faces. The standard, you know, of acting in this is insane. But just we will be mentioning the lives a little bit later on. But for the time being, I'm just going to mention what I would call the like two main people, which is So In Guk as Choi E. J and uh, Pak So Dam as Death. Now, I always said if the writers screw up this type of cast i that is gonna be you know sacrilegious because this is like (laughs) such a stacked cast and there's a lot more people on there um so director and screenwriter it was directed and screen and the screenwriter was the same i didn't know this until like i started looking but it's ha byung hoon and he's done 18 again go back couple and the sound of your heart and it is eight episodes and it's on amazon prime and it's split into four episodes uh, each so you kind of have to look it up but once it, it's on Amazon Prime all the eight episodes are in a row Um, how was your experience watching this guys like did you binge through it because for me I watched I said I'm gonna wait until we're closer to because this dropped in two parts and I said I'm gonna wait until we're closer to the release date of the second part and watch it I actually watched this with my partner and he absolutely loved it he says it's become one of his favorite Asian dramas that he's ever watched he hasn't watched many um Mm -hmm. But this one is the one that he is gravitated towards. He really, really loved it. He said mm-hmm. there was like a huge lesson in this. And we ended up binging the first four episodes pretty much in one go. And we were like, <laughs> this is not what we intended to do. And then the Friday uh, that the last four episodes came out, we literally sat down and binged through the last four episodes as well. So that's how I watched it. How did? How about you guys? How did you guys watch it? How did you watch it, Naz? Um, for me, I've been waiting for this drama the entire year. So the minute those four episodes dropped that Friday, I watched them all. Um, and then I have to wait two weeks for the second set to come out. And I, it's the same thing. I binged it all. I just could not get enough. And um, I'm, I'm really not good at like binging. Like I usually can only watch one or two episodes at a time, like in one sitting. But like I just could not stop watching. Like I was just so engulfed in the story. And before I knew it, I was done. So yeah, I watched them like in separate parts because I was too impatient. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't wait for episodes. I try to never wait for episodes. So. 
<laughs> I had heard that this was coming down the pipe pipeline and I didn't watch it when it dropped on December 15th. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just watch it when it comes, when the rest of the episodes drop after January 5th. And that's exactly what I did. Like a few days after the 5th, I pressed play and did not stop until the next day. <laughs> it took like a day and a half because I had a full-time job. Like that got in the way of watching Death's Game. <laughs> adulting, adulting, just getting adulting. in the way. <laughs> yeah. So um, it was really easy for me to binge the show. I thought it was incredibly fast paced. I thought it was very well written and and tightly uh the script was incredibly tight. Mm, yeah. And yeah. It I I I had I thought it reminded me of a lot of things and they were all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I I kept I kept thinking while watching this is like the writing that I've been waiting yes. for and oh I was gosh, like yeah. this Korean dramas to me have always been such great written dramas uh I mean not everything but on the whole what I usually take away from Korean dramas is how well they are written and for the last like year more specifically but even before then like I haven't been connecting with them as much and then like the end of the year hit and I finished up Daily Dose of Sunshine, which I really loved. And mm-hmm. but then Death's Game came out and I was like, this is the writing that I live for. Like this is and for it to be eight episodes and the pacing is great. The story there is not one minute wasted in these episodes. Everything mm-hmm. is yeah. so yeah. well connected. It's yeah. just beautifully done. Like no faults on storytelling, I don't think. Um yeah. But, but yeah, so should we just, because I think we can't really talk about this drama without spoiling the heck out of it. So shall we just rate this and move on into spoilers? So my sort of rating, I did actually, now that Jess is on the podcast, actually my <laughs> rating system came slightly, like was inspired by yours because you've got your soju bottles. Oh, I remember, I remember you asking me about this. You were yeah, like, would yeah, you yeah. mind if I did tea or something? <laughs> and I was like, I don't give I a crap. <laughs> Absolutely. Like do what you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been saying this. I think like uh, Jess influences me the most when it comes to like stuff for podcasts because my era's dramas from last year was from a conversation that we had so the uh, rating system goes one teacup is didn't really enjoy it but something somehow still kept me watching and that is like mm-hmm. a one to a 5.5 on mdl two okay. teacups is it was okay not really the best but an okay pastime and that's like a six to a seven on mdl three teacups is good i enjoyed this drama and would recommend to people who enjoy this genre and that's a 7.5 to an eight on mdl Four teacups is you really enjoyed it, loved it, would recommend to a wider audience. There may be a couple of problems, but overall still very much enjoyable to watch. And that is 8.5 to a 9.5. And now like your five teacups, that is like this rating is reserved for those dramas that I chased every single episode and just like absolutely love them. I can ignore yeah. any problems with them because I just like love them that much. And that's like your tens on MDL. So, Mm -hmm. Jess, what would you rate this drama? Can I do 4.5? Yeah, yeah, you can do You can do halves. Four and a half. T. T. What? 
Is it teacups? Teacups. Yes. Yes. Four and a half teacups. Like I said, I I really enjoyed the show. It was gorgeous directing, brilliant acting, fast paced story. And, you know, it could have been 12 episodes easily, like one episode per Mm -hmm. life, but I really don't mind it being eight episodes. They do leave it open. I think they leave it open for a season two, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, it is a pretty bleak tale, but I think in the end, it is a positive message and it is a very emotional message. So I appreciated the lessons that our protagonist learns and this dark, twisted journey that he goes on, which is riveting. Yeah. What about you, Naz? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I give it, I'll give it five teacups because I've been thinking about the show um, so much since I finished it. And I honestly can't find any flaw in it. I just thought that the writing was impeccable. The acting performances were just mind-blowing. I was like, I cannot believe they gathered all these people to be in one drama. Like, I just... I can't believe it. Um, The storytelling was beautiful. And like Jess said, it's bleak, but it's also hopeful at the same time. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many like powerful lessons taught in this show. And I kind of go into like what really touched me about it and like the, about like the commentary that it gives, which I think is really important. But um, I just thought it was brilliant. And like, I, I figured the show would be really good, but I didn't expect it to be this incredible. Like I, and the the way that the, the, all the stories are intertwined and every single line matters, every single character matters, I just think is brilliant. So I was like, I, I literally find no flaw in it. I, I had to give it five. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I think I'm going to go 4.8. Like just, I don't know what it is. I love this drama. I love the overall message of this drama. It is a heavy topic that they're dealing with in essence Mm -hmm. but I think they still handle it pretty well and they show the other side which we often don't see um so I I really really liked it I think it's really really special when at because this is more like a fantasy drama it does have like a fantasy aspect to it uh when a fantasy drama can do can be so relatable to like real life that is such a, a thing that doesn't happen very often uh, because you go to fantasy for like complete escapism. And I think to really enjoy a drama that is fantasy and that is so relatable and that has such a special message to it was something to me that I I just, I loved it. I really, really did. Like I said, my partner absolutely adored this drama. He was like harping on about it and he never does that. Like he never oh. does that. So I I I think it's a really really special drama. So that's our ratings. Let's jump into spoilers. So if you haven't watched this drama, go watch it and then come back. Or if you like spoilers, listen on whichever way. But this is your spoiler warning. I'm just gonna read off the um, lives in order so that we can sort of refer back to them and then we can go so we have the first life which is Choi Jae played by Soyeon Gook 
And then we move on to Park Jinte, and that is Cho- it's played by Choi Si-won. And he's like the next to become CEO of Taekang. So he's like the second um, child of the CEO of Taekang. Then we have Song Jae-sup, and he's played by Song Hoon. I've just written down the skydiving guy. <laughs> like, that's just pretty skydiving. obvious. <laughs> yeah. Very short-lived. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't last long. Uh, no. Then we have Kwon Hyuk Su, and he's played by Kim Kang Hoon, and he's like the bullied school kid. I've like given them like little descriptions so that I know. Um, then we have Lee Ju Hoon, and he's played by Jung Song Ju, the motorbike riding fixer, so the <laughs> the gangster fixer. I love Do you like these my little descriptions. descriptions? <laughs> So then we move on to the sixth life, and that's uh, Cho Te Sang, and he's played by EJ Wook, and he's the MMA prison inmate. Then we just have the seventh life, we just have the baby, because I mean, there's nothing else you can say about yeah. that one. Uh, the eighth life is Jang Gon Wu, and he's played by Ido Hyun, and that is the model cafe barista. That's what I've dubbed him. <laughs> Um, ninth the penthouse apartment, right? (laughs) The penthouse apartment. (laughs) I side note, I really like that apartment. That is a beautiful apartment. Um, but yeah. Uh, so ninth life is Jong Gyo Chul, and he's played by Kim J Wook, and he is I dubbed him the psychopath artist. So I think that. Uh, tenth life, we have uh, Angie Hyung, and he's played by Oh Jong Se and the cop. I've just called him the cop. Um, and then eleventh life, we have the homeless man, uh, played by the one and only Kim Won Hae. I mean, Kim Won Hae. The taste, the, <laughs> the taste writer. in the this taste, uh, exactly. cast. <laughs> Uh, then we have uh, the twelfth life, which is the office worker, which is played by E. Mu Nyong. I haven't really seen him in anything. I, you know, he's the only one out of like this lineup that I didn't really know. And then the thirteenth life, play, you know, E. J.'s mother, played by the one and only Kim Mi Kyung. Like she is just an amazing uh actress so that cast is insanity to me like it's insanity to me Mm -hmm. um shall we just jump right in let's start you know storyline what or do you want to go storyline or do you want to go favorite characters first i'll give you guys you know we can uh let's do storyline right like general Right. right yeah 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 so who wants to start us off Yes. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> Nobody was volunteering. <laughs> then I opened my mouth and you both you guys are like, oh, there she goes. Yeah, yeah, um, there she goes. <laughs> so like I said before in the non-spoiler section, that this movie remind this movie. <laughs> this is because I talk about movies too much. I <laughs> um, this show reminded me of other properties and other intellectual property that we've seen before and when we were talking about this all-star cast it reminded me of like movies like oceans 11 or like valentine's day like these star-studded casts and it's just like a who's who um or in k-drama land um 
we were just talking about this in another episode, Liliana, but the Beauty Inside movie, yeah, which yeah, if you yeah. watch that movie, you're yes, like, oh my God, yes. it's a who's who yeah. of, oh, who's going to play the the protagonist in the this next, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's yeah. the next body that's going to be yeah. the, you know, so who's who? But the story reminded me a lot of A Christmas Carol where mm-hmm. death is playing the roles of like Christmas past, present, and future. Oh, it also yes you're brilliant. oh did you want to stay there for a minute because you <laughs> no I just I always love your metaphors you're literally so brilliant like that is really good yeah I never thought about it that way but it really does fit so well yes and maybe it's just because we were just coming off of Christmas that I thought of a Christmas carol but mm. also related to Christmas it made me think of it's a wonderful life where amidst George Bailey seriously considering suicide because he's worth more dead than alive, he discovers how many lives he's touched and his impact on the town and on others and that he's got so much to live for. And in the same way, the character of Yute like has totally missed the point that yeah. there are care there are people in his life that care about him and mm-hmm. he's completely ignoring the fact that they support him no matter what. And they love him no matter what. And even if he feels his life is over and he ha- he's so shameful of everything that he's not accomplished in his life, mm-hmm. he should live for these people, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, I think like this drama has one of those messages of you don't know what you have until it's gone. And it's like yes. with him reliving these lives over and over again and just like, Because there's a beautiful, like, the way these lives are all threaded through and, like, in a complete, you know, it's a beautiful story, the way everything just slits into place and connects with each other and how each life teaches him something slightly different and how, um, I don't know, it's definitely one of those because he gets to his mother's life right at the end and I think that's when everything, I mean, it's been coming up to him but that life it really hits him just exactly what he's left behind Mm -hmm. it's like he sees what his mother's been through and I I just you know I adore it because like we throw that line of oh you don't know what you have until it's gone Mm -hmm. so often but this drama really embodies that so beautifully it's truly a story uh, it is his story but it's more also a story of who stays behind Mm -hmm. and how they have to deal with the consequences of you know his choice like how Mm. his mother has to have and deal with the consequences of his choice so I I I really really adored it um I I hadn't thought about like I said that metaphor that you use just about like Christmas you know Carol the movie that really fits in with this so much because it's like it's all about perspective and having that like perspective about you know past and whatnot and he can only see the past and like what he had when he's like looking through somebody else's eyes, literally. So yeah, yeah I I adored that aspect of it. What about you, Naz? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with both of you. Um I I loved how I love just how all the stories were intertwined and like we later kind of figure out that like most of these characters are like have crossed paths with um Kim Ji Hoon's character. And how they, like, managed to, like, knit that all together. I just thought that was so brilliant and so cool. Um, And how, like, through each life, like, EJ 
was able to gain new perspective on like whatever situation there was and like it took him a few lives to kind of get the hang of it and like you know figure out what was going on but then once he was really learning after like probably like the second the second life he lived like what he was supposed to you know be learning um and much like you guys were saying I feel like the story kind of has this lesson of like you know actions having consequences and you know the people that you leave behind when that decision is made and um like in the beginning like EJ could only see like his present circumstances and he didn't realize at the time that like a lot of life is balancing the good and the bad we can't always have um happy things happen like unfortunately th like things do happen that are really hard and a lot of life is like balancing those things and um I thought this story was really important because we know that in South Korea, suicide is such a huge problem. And I feel like a lot of K-dramas use suicide as like a plot device. And honestly, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like it can be used very frivolously. And you're like, okay, and they, they took their life and they're gone now. Like, and it's just, you know, and that's it. And I just feel like it, it's kind of like irresponsibly used sometime. And I, or the I villain will really... just take their own life instead of facing yes. consequences yeah. in exactly. a K drama. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's just like, okay, well they're gone now. Let's, let's move on. And it's like, I feel like the fact that we see suicide in this, in this show, it's not brushed off. And, you know, and because it's such a problem in South Korea, like, it's not something that should be brushed off and trivialized. And I feel like this show kind of, you know, took that and was like, okay, this, this isn't just another show about suicide. We're really like looking at the issue and like how it affects people and how, you know, doing that doesn't, it doesn't solve anything and it causes more pain, which mm -hmm. is the really, really sad part. So I think that this show tackled that topic really, really well with a fresh perspective that I haven't seen in a while in a k-drama so mm. i just really liked how they how they handled the issue i really appreciated it completely agree with you naz you said it so yeah. well i think the sins like you're kind of wondering like what sin he committed it mm -hmm. for him to go through these punishments for him to play this deaths game and at the end of the show you're like oh it's a it's a combination but it's really also the sin of being ungrateful for of mm. not counting your blessings. Mm -hmm. And what I like about the show is that you think death is evil. Right. But death is impartial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think the also the message that I took away was God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was supposed to like the punishment supposedly was for him to die 12 times. Yes. But really it's that he lives 12 times yeah yeah he gets to live yeah. 12 more times yeah and then gets his life back at the end yes. yeah because he he always said death is easy living mm -hmm. is hard like that's mm -hmm. that's one of the uh things and i think it's um also like it sends out the message that someone who's in his position for example I think what once you're in there in the thick of it it's really really hard to see through so at yeah. the beginning that's what we see his despair he you know his he's just completely lost hope and it's and a level of selfishness to live. exactly yeah, yes. yeah 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 so I think like we see all of that but by living by making him live all of these lives he gets to see the outside perspective of it and mm -hmm. it's like it's so interesting to me to see that we get both sides of it in one drama mm -hmm. and I think both yeah. of those were done so well um 
I think like I was saying one of the quotes that like really sticks to me and it pertains to what we were talking about just now is like death is contagious as I disappeared from the world my death remained behind with those that loved me and it's like that sort of you know aspect of it he could never see that in episode one because that's not where he was he was so deep in that self-pity and in that you know place in his mind where he just thought death is the only way out like that's the easy way out for me I just don't want to you know go on anymore and I think it you know gaining this perspective throughout the rest of the lives really really um Mm -hmm. is really interesting as a watcher it's really interesting to see you know both sides of the same coin in a sense you get to see the outside and the inside of it so yeah I I don't know this is just like beautifully done the storytelling is so well and I'm I was shocked that this is directed and the screenwriter is the same like well it's based on a webtoon right so the webtoon is right written by yeah webcomic yeah Mm-hmm. Written by Iwon Shik and Kulchan. So shout out to them too for putting yeah. this together and yeah. for yeah. having and for adapting it into this screenplay. Yeah. I do absolutely. wonder, like, I do wonder how I haven't read the webtoon, but I always wonder because it tends to be that the closer you stick to the webtoon, the better the drama is in a yes. sense. And yes. I feel like how close did this one stick to, you know, the original content? Because just the threading of storyline is just immaculate. Like you were saying, how every character is connected in in a yes. sense. It's just like so massively woven. You know, I I can't fault it there, I don't think. So, mm-hmm. okay. what about acting, guys? Because oh wait, I need... I did want to talk about visuals Sorry, go for it. because oh <laughs> because I loved the depiction of the underworld or mm-hmm. where death resides mm-hmm. of yeah. this like sunless, shadowy, devoid of life place and where she's sitting at this like table that had the clock held up by two hands that's counting backward numbers covered in blood and I'm like this is so cool and I loved seeing all of these visuals this area where he meets death is always this rocky barren looks kind of volcanic place and she meets him at the entrance to hell that's yeah, where she yeah. always meets him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she gives him a tour of hell. And the entrance Ooh. looks like these giant stone doors with three humanoid figures stretched atop it, like reaching down in all directions, writhing. I don't know how many interpretations you could make of that. Like you could go Greek mythology, you could do, like mm-hmm. what is that? Trinity? I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's an it's incredible. But I think that I want to dive a little bit into greek mythology a little bit because at I the beginning greek mythology okay <laughs> just a little bit not too much but at the beginning the episode one gives a quote from i think this is how you pronounce it i don't know how you pronounce it i'm gonna butcher it bacchylides yeah i yeah, don't know yeah. Bacchylides, that's how I'm going to go with it. A Greek poet. And the quote is, the most painful death to a mortal is one that is foreseen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So going on that theme of, you know, Greek mythology, 
the personification of death in Greek mythology, Thanatos, yeah. is the son of Nyx, night, and the twin brother of Hypnos, sleep. Thanatos mm-hmm. works under Hades' command and carries humans off to the underworld once the time allotted to them by the fates has expired, often painted as a large winged figure wearing battle gear with piercing eyes. Paxodam, her costuming has black feathers on the shoulders perhaps hinting at this that she's the personification of death Mm. very similar to this thanatos greek mythology yeah and i also like that there were a couple of moments where you saw ravens black ravens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the show obviously we ravens equal death the harbingers of death in common folklore in a lot of different cultures but i feel like no one really understands that on a sub level that they're also the genesis of rebirth because while they evoke like a sense of foreboding they are also super intelligent and they're a talking bird and because of that it's almost like they can they're mirroring like human psyche yeah wow that is really, really interesting. So, yeah. So that was like a lot of stuff that I was trying to like get out in the beginning, which has nothing to do with the actors. <laughs> so that's why I was like, before we get into yeah, the yeah, actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, really I, cool, I, Jess. That's really cool. Okay. Uh, I, I love Greek mythology in general. It's like one of my favorite things to read. And the, like the way the characterization for death in this was it was very different to anything that I've seen anywhere else um at least in like Asian dramas we don't tend to see a lot of like anybody playing death anyways Mm -hmm. but you know for this one I just really liked how it she was so stoic and so like you know it is what it is there's not like a lot of emotion there and Mm -hmm. I feel like that depicts of death in itself like Jess was saying is like you know pretty accurate I would think but I think like the whole um where she resides in a sense because you know where where she she I would I don't know if she resides there or she just meets him there Mm -hmm. she hangs out she calls him him there (laughs) yes yeah I feel like it's such a um a I don't know because like that's where he has to die to be reborn again into the new Mm -hmm. life and I feel like it's such a telling thing when it happens at the gates to hell yeah it's like you know they're weighing it in and he dies there over and over and over again and it's like Mm -hmm. he's just one step away from going to hell but he's not quite it's like he's got one foot in the door and one foot out and then he gets reborn again and you know his whole story kind of starts up again again so i i just loved it was really really beautiful like it was yeah very poetic yeah each bullet represents another life she says quote for me death is the beginning Mm. yeah i I can sit right there and simmer in that for a bit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i think like because I think we always say humans are afraid to die and you know we appreciate life because we know it's limited it's not Mm -hmm. and I feel like this whole story it's like you know you don't go looking for death 
in a sense. And she says that of like sins. throughout. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of his sins. He, yeah. went, looking he went looking for, for death, death before she mm-hmm. came to him. I love yeah. that quote. Yeah. Uh, that's one of your sins is coming to see well. me before yeah. I came to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. I, I just feel like this drama like taps into humanity in a sense (laughs) that you know we through seeing it through a death eye as opposed to seeing like through a living eye almost so I I don't know I I love that whole like just was saying that whole place where you know they always meet I like that it was always the same place it was Mm -hmm. like you know where he was dying and being reborn and dying and being reborn was always the same place so I the set for that stunning like chef's kiss i i loved it yeah so okay i'm sorry that i was was like stop stop wait okay i love that added context especially with the greek mythology and like even pointing out death's like costuming and like the feathers and stuff like that's brilliant because like you know like we've been saying everything about this show is so intentional so i think that's important to bring up and i think like we will all kind of see it from a different lens. We will all interpret it, you know, slightly differently. So I love that we are able to go back and forth and like see different aspects of it because I feel it brings, um, it allows people to appreciate the drama even more when you sort of see it through others. This is going to be, when you see it like through other people's lenses, like, you know, through (laughs) other people's experiences. So um I quite like that but should we talk acting because the acting in this is you know and we can tie in we can tie both points in you know acting and characters um Mm -hmm. just because I feel like they kind of go hand in hand it's one of those that go hand in hand so let's who wants to go Naz do you want to go first on this one because we had Jess go first last time should we should we go what what's like your thoughts about the the acting or your favorite characters that sort of let's go down that route yeah I think the acting was the hallmark of the show because like I feel like everybody was like I have my one episode I'm gonna come correct like they (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) like they're like I got my one episode you got for me for 40 minutes you're gonna get my best and like I feel like every single person gave their absolute best and left it all on the floor and I think as far as acting um of course um Pak Sodam was incredible because she portrayed that stoic but yet fair like she was basically Mm. she was like yeah it is what it is. It's not personal, but these are these are the rules. And I think that she portrayed that very well because it wasn't cruel. It wasn't anything like that. She was just kind of very matter of fact about it. And I think the way that she played the role was really genius. But y'all, Kim Jae-wook as a psychopath murderer, I oh. he killed it. Like, yeah. Yeah. no pun intended, but he <laughs> killed it. Like, I was like, what the heck? Like, I, I've only seen him in her private life. Um, oh no girly I I know and so I know he's played like sinister characters before us but this is my first time seeing him in a sinister you know role and I was like he completely transformed like the look in his eyes like he was incredible um he his performance really stood out to me and of course um Kimmy Kyung really um Kimmy wait is it me Kyung yes stuck out to me too um her role as EJ's mom like 
everyone did an incredible job. Like that's the moral of the story, but like Kim J Wook and even E J Wook as well really really stuck out to me. The J Wooks as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, the J Wooks. Yeah, the J Wooks. So, so good. <laughs> so so good but like I I don't know that it's I have a soft spot for all of the characters but I think probably my favorite character is probably like um EJ's mom probably my favorite character I also really love Ido Hyun's character as well I loved that whole episode um but yeah and EJ Wook's character was great too yeah they're all, all amazing I can't pick one I'm so indecisive but everyone did an incredible job like mm-hmm. I'm, I was just like just overwhelmed by how amazing everyone's performance was Everybody brought their A game to this. It's like it's it's crazy to me how well acted um this like whole drama was. I feel like I don't know, I don't think I could pick uh, a favorite either. But um like you said, I love Park So Dumb. Like her character is I feel like her character is almost harder to play because she needs to come across as fair but not cruel and it's really Mm -hmm. hard to do that because like her actions are almost cruel in a sense or you know as an audience you almost want to call them cruel actions but they're not they're just you know she's impartial to everything and I really 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 liked her character I like you said I adored EJ Wook's character I think you know great great character um I don't know I don't think I could play just one um but also it's really interesting because you have the character and this is what I find really interesting about the acting is that you have the character pre being I mean they only show you about you know 15 seconds but you do have the character pre being you know with the soul in and then you have the character afterwards and like these actors literally came in for 45 minutes and they were like we are gonna slay both of these roles in one go and I'm like this is insane and I think that's also what made the performance I'm so sorry I think that's also no no go for it really brilliant because you could see the before and after transformation from like when they're who they really are and then when EJ's soul is like when when the the souls merge and it's EJ in their body, you can see the switch. And I'm like, I don't know how they did it, but I was like, this is like a master class in acting. It was like, it was amazing. It was so good, so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I loved um, everybody that you mentioned. Everyone's great. I loved Kim Jae Wook especially because this is a villain role for him, and I think Caitlin's Caitlin from No Sleep for Dramas. And the drama trio has been a big uh, proponent of this being a big deal Mm. because he was the villain in voice season one back in 2017. And it was such a demanding, cruel role, villain role that he was like, I'm never doing a role like this again. Mm. And lo and behold, all these years later, he's doing a very similar role that you know, caused kind of like a, a bit of bit of trauma for him yeah. back in the day. So it's surprising for him to take on this role that was, you know, there were severed limbs on the ground. There was blood splatter on his face. There was, yeah. you know, insanity happening, mm-hmm. mania. And I thought he pulled it off incredibly well. And 
I thought Ijewook as well, the other Alchemy of Souls Ijewook. Because yeah, there's yeah, two yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> don't want to get people confused. Um, Ijewook, again, really doing so well. And then op- acting opposite his Alchemy of Souls co star, yes. um, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me. Maybe I can find it. Oh, Yuinsu. Yes. Yeah. Yuinsu. I, I don't know if people just forget, but he was the villain, one of the villains in All of Us Are Dead. Oh, um, which is where I saw him first. So okay. I knew that he could be this demented mm-hmm. uh, from the get go. So I was happy to see him kind of like return to a little bit of like the unhinged All of Us Are Dead, you and Sue. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you watched him first in Alchemy of Souls and like some of the other projects that he's done after, you're yeah. kind of like, oh, he's so precious. Watch out. Watch out. The last step is a doozy. Okay. Because. He can pull it through. Um, what else? I really was surprised with Kim Kang-un, who played the high schooler who was bullied. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because there was that oh scene where he was sitting. He had orchestrated this whole thing mm-hmm. to get this older older gang members or whatever to come to the school to harass him and essentially like beat him to a pulp or something. And he's sitting at his little desk and he looks up all innocent. And he's like, what? Like big doe eyes. And then the guy's like, I can't beat this kid up. Like you need to handle this. Don't come lose my number or whatever to you and Sue's character. Mm -hmm. And the whole gang like dips. Then he gets up. This kid gets up. Kim Mm Kang-un. And faces off again against you and Sue. And his whole demeanor has changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, this is acting. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so good. I love the 180. I love that he was pulling off both, you know, this, like, poor little kid who was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I don't want anything to happen to him. And then this really sort of, you know, calculating, um, what's the name of the guy? EJ. That's the word, yeah. So uh, when he's possessed by ej or whatever inside of him i'm like yes i love it i'm living for it the okay. other people audience and kimone like not a bad thing to say yeah. about them oh yeah amazing I they're mean, amazing they're veterans at this they're veterans they, yeah. <laughs> they my are... one this is literally my one complaint about the acting is that you kind of lose a little bit of Soinguk's performance with each iteration mm-hmm. of yeah. the actors. And you're kind of like, oh, maybe they didn't, like, there was never a point where I was like, that is spot on. Soinguk playing EJ inside of Kimone's body. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they were all doing as like little as possible to be associated with Soinguk's performance. And I think that's necess- that's not necessarily their fault. I don't know how much time they got on this production. I don't know if mm. it was like a last minute call to have these people to get them on the set or what. <laughs> but I do feel like it would have benefited from like a Harry Potter situation where EJ or not EJ, Soinguk acted out whatever scenario they're in yeah. first. And then they mm. 
copied or took reference from that and tried their best to take some of his performance into consideration when they played Mm -hmm. that character if that makes any Mm -hmm. sense that does keep that continuity of you're supposed to be yj inside of you know whatever body yeah if that makes any sense yeah it does it does okay um i think it reminds me a little bit and uh we we talked about this earlier on this drama specifically but it is a, a chinese drama and there's like three kids that then grow up to be the you know adults characters that you're going to see throughout the rest of the drama Mm -hmm. and i kid you not you could almost think that you you recorded this years ago and that these are exactly the same people and it's like very young children playing these characters but it's insane how the mannerisms the Mm -hmm. like speech pattern you can just see the characters in the kids and then in the adults, you could see, you could absolutely link and tell who is who straight away without, you know, the camera telling you. And I feel that like that's the point that you're trying to make, Jess. It's just like that you yeah. can look and you don't see that actor. You see Saiyan Gut's character almost. Mm. That's like probably. That's and what I was missing. Yeah. yeah. And it's not that I wanted it so direct. Like, I don't want it like 100%. I just needed it to be like 80% Mm, of Soingo there to get me to like believe that it's more of a tangible connection that it's like, you know, it's him in there. Yeah. Mm. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Especially as you went like deeper into the show. I probably actually like part two, like, it's like you almost forget that like, Mm -hmm. I, I would sometimes end up forgetting about him until we went back to like Death's Lair. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, like, oh yeah, that guy was you. in there. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the performances, especially in part two, were so intense. And like, we spent, right. so it felt like we spent a lot of time with those characters specifically in part two. So, like, you do, it does kind of get lost a little bit. So, you know, that's, that's very fair. But I do wonder, actually, I was just thinking, especially in the second part, I wonder if that kind of links in with the fact that he himself says i don't know who i am anymore and he like crashes like when he comes out of the lives he starts like to not know himself and to like be so lost uh in other people's especially like especially after the cop and everything where he's sort of been in there for such a while Mm -hmm. that he kind of like starts losing himself um I think like in that part, it kind of works a little bit because he himself starts to say he doesn't know who he is anymore. Um, but but yeah, probably that is side effect of being inside other people and like living other people's lives is that you start losing who you are. And actually, that's such a um, theme running through the drama and a message is that like, I can't, I do have the quote down, written down, but they say something along the lines of um, you can't really truly live or you can't truly be happy. I have it here. Yeah. Ko Yun Jung says it. You can't really say you're living when you live in constant fear. People are happiest when they can truly be themselves. In the end, life would be meaningless if you can never really be yourself. Yeah. 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 So I feel like that's, you know, very much a running theme throughout it. Um, 
so so yeah i i'm just gonna bring it back jess was mentioning uh kim kang hoon who plays the bullied kid this kid is 14 years old like 14, 14? years old he's like, yeah. yeah he's, he's so a young baby still, but yeah He's Amazing. 14 and he's pulling off these, you know, like. Oh no, he was born in 2009. I know. Oh I God. know. He was born in 2009. I know. <laughs> so I know. And I just like, I, that makes me excited. He, I, I, it's not my first time watching him. I watched him in Racket Boys and I think I watched him elsewhere and I can't quite remember, but I do distinctively remember him in uh, Racket Boys. And I'm like, if this oh is my what God. this kid oh is pulling off now, what, what I know what, exactly what? who he is. Oh my God. So he this was in 18 is... again. No, he's in Mr. Sunshine. He plays Eugene Choi when he was young like young yes. version yes yes he's also in romance is a bonus book town hall young he's in hotel to luna ko chang song yeah. young this is where i know him from though when the camellia blooms he plays pilgu yes yeah. yes i love pilgu oh my god I, so yeah this is like he's in so many things those- He's been in Mr. Queen, Start Up, 18 Again, Kingdom Season Season 2. Who's in Reborn Rich? He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Reborn Rich. Reborn Rich, yeah. Mouse, Racket Boys, which is one that I uh, cook to Season of Deity. I I mean, this kid is one that is definitely, he's going places. He's, you know, he's one I will be very excited. Give him another, you know, 10 years, get him into like, his 20s and i will be very excited to see what kind of main lead roles he's going to be taking um so so yeah i i just wanted to bring that that i just wanted to bring that up because i feel like that's insane that a 14 year old can go toe to toe with these like veteran actors and his performance doesn't um like die down in a sense like you still it's very much you see his performance and yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's still a great one, even amongst all of these veteran actors. So I feel like that's a really big achievement uh, on his on his part. Switching gears, Ko Yoon Jung, Alchemy of Souls lady. Did you think she had chemistry with Sang Guk? Uh, not really. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I rest in case. Thank you. Um, I, moving she- on. <laughs> There was no chemistry, but you know who she did have chemistry with? She had chemistry with Ido Hyun. Ido Hyun! I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah, they had chemistry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They had a little spark there. Mm -hmm. They did. Ido Hyun Hyun tends to be really good with this chemistry, though, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I, there's not really a role of his that I've seen, and I've been like, oh, his chemistry is met. You know, I've always been um, quite happy with his chemistry but yeah i i agree fully i think she had a way better chemistry uh i don't know maybe did we see that much of her we saw in no. gook i don't we think saw we a saw... lot of flashbacks with there, them yeah there were a lot of flashbacks oh the yeah flashbacks yeah, were yeah cute and all, like the spark wasn't there for me right even even when they're like fully even in the breakup i was like you're on. better off without him girl like <laughs> Even like for me, even like when they they show like their first meet cute, you know, where the papers go flying, and I'm like, uh, it's okay, but I'm like, yeah, it's not. 
I do agree. The uh, the spark wasn't um, wasn't there for me either. So there you go. Did you think we were get, we were going to go the other way? I just wanted to pose the question, and no matter what, <laughs> I was going to say that she didn't have chemistry with something good. So. <laughs> No, I'm so yeah, glad I, we're all on the same page. Yeah. You were waiting to say that. You're like, I was waiting. <laughs> she Good. was. <laughs> she was, but no, we we are we are all on the Great. um on the same page. So, for is there anything else you guys want to add on for acting? Okay, so and I have like little things. I have little things. Go for it. The the fact that Taishuan is in this. Did no one else just ha- be absolutely tickled that he was in this? I thought it was hilarious. Like I, okay. that whole like like that whole arc, that whole episode was very unserious to me. Like, right, right. Yeah, it just I couldn't take it seriously. Like exactly. Like, so to see how the show kind of got like really serious and intense and emotional, like because it, I mean, Tish I know Wong, he dies in like very unserious. I know he dies in an well, inferno. Just, yeah, but like. <laughs> It's Trisha. Yeah, like, I see yeah. him on TikTok a lot. And like, it was just, it was funny. Um, the professional daredevil of Oh Sung my Moon. God. <laughs> I, I laughed so much at that one because I'm like, how dumb can you be to think this the is splat, ever going to work? The <laughs> like, splat no, had sure. no business being that funny. Yeah. Yeah, and like it was so, yeah. it was so. I felt so bad to find it funny, but it was like literally everyone's reaction. Like, like they showed the reactions of like people in their houses, like watching it. Like their reaction was my reaction. I was just like, yeah, it was just so shocking. And I'm just like, why did you think you could jump out of a plane without a parachute? Like, so, who does that? I like, know what's wrong with you. Here's a funny story. Here's a, a little bit of a tangent. But I used to work for Ripley's Believe It or Not. <clears throat> really? And oh yeah, for for like six years. And um, Ripley's Believe It or Not is owned by the same conglomerate that owns Guinness World Records. Oh, okay. And there is a major rivalry between Ripley's Believe It or Not and Guinness World Records. Like the two brands do not get along, even though we're owned by the same parent company. Right. So even today, even though I have nothing to do with Ripley's now, I still have this like deep-seated animosity towards Guinness World Records. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw it was a Guinness World Record attempt, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like, here we go. It's going to end in flames. And then this guy splats on the ground. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hysterical. Of course, this happens to Guinness. Oh, that Guinness. Is, yeah. It was just like, I th- I do appreciate that they started off the show pretty light. It was like, yeah, between Chishi Water Sung Hoot's character, it was, ve- it was a very light, unserious start. I was like, what is going on here? So they set up the parameters of the game. Like, he's like, how can I get out of these situations? They're, it's imminent death, right? And she's like, consider it this way. They have already died. <clears throat> they've gone, yeah. they've played the game. They've played the life game and they've already died. But you're stepping in to their shoes at the last saved point in their game, like right before they die. Yeah. And so there is something that you can do to change the outcome and live. Yeah. And it's funny to me that he's like, I can't manage to live. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I'm still. So the first thing of like, 
I don't know what he would have done to like fix the plane that was gonna right. crash no matter what. Like the engine right. was gonna fail out. Why? Right. But the second one, <laughs> which was so obvious, just not do the t- just <laughs> in midair say just I'm not doing it. it and and hang on to one oh, of the other to the parachute guy. Like, you're surrounded by people with with parachutes. parachutes. No. And he thinks I'm gonna. I have all these skills now. I'm gonna still I attempt this Guinness. Yeah. Att- this Guinness award. <laughs> this Guinness record. It's the stupidest. Anyway, it was so. But dumb. I think I at like, that point, it's like it's like his selfishness and his greed speaks louder than his like right. want to yeah. live. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, well, I'm gonna win all of this money, and then I set off, and then I could just live. So he, right. I think at that point, it's like his attitude of like how greedy he the is hubris. because mm-hmm. he is a greedy person yeah. like yeah that's innate in him and i think by the end he realizes you know um but th- i love how that comes around because he does like find that 10 million one or whatever and then he hands it to his mother and then he sees the problems that his mother gets into and it's like again yeah. it's your greed and your yeah. actions and somebody else thinking. is dealing with the consequences so mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like one more note <sighs> on the acting, um, Kim Ji Hoon. I still need to watch Flower of Evil, but like, he, oh, I think he does oh. these deranged. <laughs> I know, but I feel like he does these like deranged, demented characters really well. And like, it was almost like him and Kim Jae Wook's character were like having like a competition to see. It was it. Was they crazier. were evenly matched yes, because yes. they both played okay so serial murders in other yes. shows, <laughs> right? So um, I think Carol from uh, K-Drama Musing said this, that if Kim Jun's character in Flower of Evil were allowed to keep killing, that this would be his character. And I'm like, 110%, you're correct. Like, this would be his character, without a shadow of a doubt. The thing is, about these two... the you know these two actors i think it is really hard to play these types of characters and for it to be so believable i don't know how it wouldn't irritate your soul yeah yeah because you have to be so immersed in these you know in the almost in their psyche of a person who would want to commit these things and who would want that must be really really tough on them as actors um it must take a lot of skill to be able to eventually switch out and turn off you know that place that you have to go to to deliver a performance of this caliber because Mm -hmm. these two were going head to head and I was not seeing two humans I was seeing two killers that were you know so creepy and so scary and it's like this is the deepest darkest place a human can go to and these two are just bringing it to life on screen animalistic it was yeah it was was like watching two animals yeah 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 yeah. far barbaric yeah Yeah, they were going to toe to toe that episode episode five that was wild that was that was a tough one to watch because this is this is a lot it was a lot i feel like we start off fairly easy with the first two lives and then we go straight into the bullied kid which Mm -hmm. is you know it's hard to watch, but it's not something new to K-drama watchers. We've seen, you know, I mean, it's still hard to watch. But mm-hmm. but then you go like, 
you have like another little break with the motorbike guy that you know he's a gangster i mean his storyline this, this is... role i thought could have easily gone to ji chang wook this is oh a my role God, that like, yes. i was like oh, oh this is he would have oh, oh my gosh that would have been oh, oh i wow that is brilliant oh, oh my god, my I, god. I, i'm even imagining it now that would it would have been, been like oh my god Shit, <laughs> literally it's... oh no offense to that actor at all yeah. no offense to Jang Sung -go, Sung -jo. Uh, yeah yeah Jang Sung -jo. Jang oh my Sung -jo. god but but I was envisioning Ji Chang Wook the whole time oh, that <laughs> this would, be, would have that been would, a perfect be a role moment. for him yeah I, it was a I very John like... I, I enjoyed that storyline because it reminded me a lot of John Wick especially with the two billion dollar bounty two billion one bounty on him and everyone started like it was the free for all on the man, and yeah. they had these wild drone shots like swinging yeah, yeah, everywhere yes. all around him, yes, yes. and that reminded me of the Netflix movie The Gray Man, which is an awful, terrible movie. I hated it, <laughs> but it had those same crazy drone shots, <laughs> and so I just wanted to bring that up. That like this feels like a mishmash of a lot of different things that have happened in the last mm -hmm. few years. Uh, in the world of just action movies. Yep. That's such a good point about um, the cinematography on that episode because it was definitely a switch. I was like, oh it's my gosh, a switch. These drone shots yeah. are crazy. Like yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like I was watching a completely different show on that episode specifically. I was like, whoa, this is they invested money into this drama. It, yeah. <laughs> they did. It's a lot. They did. Between the uh, I vividly remember else. watching the gray man and thinking, I think I'm gonna get a migraine because they it was all <laughs> over all over big wild swinging crane crane shots and drone shots and too yeah. much. But like what I they give you what I wanted to say was like you appreciate the fact that they start off fairly easy and then they give you like a harder you know life and then they give yeah. you something that's slightly easy and then they give you a harder life and I feel like that breaks it up because you know you have the whole story with the like MMA prison you know in my mm -hmm. EJ Wook's mm -hmm. character mm -hmm. which is kind of sad like his storyline is kind of sad but that's not as bad as the ones you know the bullied kid or anything like that but then you have like a real break with Ido Hyun's character and it's almost like it's a different story because it's like they're falling yeah. in love almost and they're yeah. really but then they stop that and then they hit you with episode five and you're like yeah oh my god <laughs> what yeah. is happening it's like it's I I do appreciate the fact that they slotted a couple of lives in there that were like slightly mm -hmm. easier to digest in a sense mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. because if it had been worst life after worst life after you know if it just i think it would have been yeah. a, a slightly harder watch for me anyways you know i don't know about others but for me personally i kind of appreciated the way they did the uh the lives um, i do too so, yeah. and I, it was a progression it was a true progression i love how the first life is a table you know yeah. pr mm -hmm. presumably the richest person the richest of all the lives right. and then by the 10th life he's homeless yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it's like okay yeah. and then also he's not thinking about family at all mm -hmm. until he gets to the third life with the school bullying and then he starts to think yeah. oh like my mom and he starts to think about the bully's mom I mean not the bully's mom the kid who he's inhabiting his mom 
and how he doesn't want to upset her by telling her that he's being bullied at school. Mm -hmm. And so he handles it all on his own. And, you know, it might not be the best course of action, actually, because then he inadvertently pushes the bully to murder him. And it's this whole thing. So in doing this, like, progression, you end up really appreciating like these other characters like he gets yeah. to keep uh, ej Wook's character and he's also very focused on the mom by the end of that life mm-hmm. until like he get he also he gets to hit the love of his life with uh ido hyun's life the seventh life yeah yeah and again he's not focused on the mom yet until right. later on right it doesn't like come into focus until the end yeah. of the show but it does become really poetic that the life that he, you know, um, the life that he lives out and that's what he says, that this is my punishment. It's like to live as my mom for, you know, however long he lives, 30 plus years as his mom. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's almost like a punishment to him. <laughs> and I feel like that's his, you know, take away from all of it is that I don't like, think yes. it was a punishment for him I, I think it was an honor for him mm-hmm. truly honestly I like the poetry of that too where obviously he started his life inside of his mother and yeah. then he ends his life yeah, yeah inside yeah. of his mother as well yeah. yeah yeah I thought that him ending his life in his mother's body I feel like it was like the final thing that helped him really learn like the overall lesson that I think death was trying to teach him um which was you know he lived in his mom's life and um he saw that she had hardship in her life as well Mm -hmm. and that she had pain in her life and she had suffering in her life but she still pushed on and lived another day and chose to live each day and he finally understood he's just like wow like if I, I didn't understand this, I wouldn't have ever understood this until I actually lived in my mom's body. So I thought that like Jess said, it was like an honor to him. And it also, I felt like taught him like the final lesson that he was supposed to learn all along through all of these lives that he was living. And like the fact that he got to live his mom's life, like for the very last life was like, I just thought it was a beautiful way to bring everything full, full circle. Like I just, mm-hmm. I thought it was brilliant. I and mean, I did not see that coming at all. Like I screamed episode um oh. seven when you know he went into his mom's body and i was like i was not expecting that at all like at all and i would have never expected they would do that and i think they handled it so beautifully yeah and that actually moves us nicely along to um what was your favorite character arc if you had to pick one out of all the lives and you know what what would be the one that you would you would choose or Jess or Naz, either of you could uh, pop in and go first. Oh, uh, I would probably choose because it was so interesting and vile. The Eighth Life with Kim Jeok as the psychopath artist um, mm-hmm. is up there, and the follow up, the Ninth Life as the cop, are like yeah. my two favorites. Followed by the twelfth life, the ending as as the mom. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are my faves, yeah. and the rest are moderately entertaining or, or traumatizing, depending on how you look at them, or depending on what they are. Like the baby was traumatizing, and with the child abuse and stuff, and yeah. But they're all special. They're all, yeah. What about you, yeah. Naz? What 
what what yeah it's so hard to choose i think i mean i i i think i cheated but i mean i think like ej's arc i mean like i think he starts off you know he's obviously very depressed um he takes his life and he just was like he's talking to death and he's like i don't understand why i was so bad what i did like you know i'm not hurting anybody i mm -hmm. i don't understand why i can't do this and he's like okay well i'll show you and then him just kind of seeing the consequence of his actions and how he hurt his girlfriend how he hurt his mom and just you know understanding the blessing that life is and like the meaning of life and he finally learned that at the end like because like you you feel so much despair as you watch him throughout the show and I felt so sad for him because I'm like wow he's already dead you know there's no going back like I just felt so bad for him because like even if he wanted to go right. back he, he couldn't this is so sad like he's not gonna have another chance and like I have he has so much regret <clears throat> right and you can see the regret building up in him like oh my gosh like as he's realizing through each and every life like I've made such a terrible mistake and I can't fix this and like you see him finally starting to learn and I thought that was amazing like I and I thought the way they handled it was really amazing so yeah EJ EJ himself that's a good one mm -hmm. yeah I yeah. had to say that I think I always because I was likening it to it's a wonderful life or Christmas Carol from the first couple of episodes I thought mm -hmm. he's gonna get a second chance mm. I I don't know like and each yeah. episode is pretty dismal and bleak and yes. and yes. all the rest but the moral of the of the whole show comes into better view the longer you watch the show and so again I was thinking oh they're gonna give him a second shot mm -hmm. at life yeah. yeah yeah I never I did not think that was a possibility at mm -hmm. all so like once they kind of started introducing for lack of a better term, a time travel aspect to this whole thing because he goes back in time and goes into the life of mm, the man yeah. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. Kim Ji-hoon's car. Yeah, that, we have to talk about you know, that. <laughs> yeah, that he bumped into on the sidewalk when he was on his way to his job interview. And I was like, oh, we're we're going back in time too. So then, you know, but I, I still, even at that point, never thought that he'd be able to go back into his life before he decided to make, you know, take his own life. Right. So I was like, this is I was like this is gonna be so sad at the end so I just I don't know we're so dealing happy. with we're dealing with a personified death mm -hmm. and where she's already like I'm just looking like this for your benefit I I can be anything like this is in my yeah. form like right. what is my form like so what is time in eternity like I was already like yeah we can go back in time like so <laughs> <laughs> I thought we can undo this <laughs> you gonna do this. I I I kept thinking something would change up. I read, like I said, a lot of fantasy and I love Greek mythology. There's a lot of, you know, um death, Hades, that sort of lore. It I yeah. eat it like candy and they they control a lot. They control a lot in life. And I always thought, you know, that the judgment of the soul at the end, they can change a lot. And I thought there could be a chance that he would be sent back to that exact moment because it's exactly what she had been doing for every single other life that he'd been doing. The he had been point. going back the safe point. to their yeah. safe point. And he had to, be he just made a choice to live. Like that is, you know, he just chose different. So mm. if she had been doing that to all of their, all of their, you know, the other lives, 
there was nothing to stop me from believing that she could do the same thing to him and send him to his safe point. And at that point, with all of the knowledge and with everything, for him to make a different choice. And, mm. you know, I, I feel like that's that's what, what he did. I think, like, um, just, like, for my favourite character arc, I think I would go for Yijay's mother. And the reason I would choose that arc is because... I it's the only arc that I cried like I cried yeah. at that arc I cried like, in that one too. I cried too and I'm like it's the only one that I can say I you know I that's why I would have to choose it as like my favorite arc because it just hit something in me that like made me yeah. cry and I was like because the other arcs they are hard to watch and they are shocking and they are you know with the killer, we're like with the psychopath artist. That's really in your face. Like it's that heavy. is brilliant acting. It's yeah. dense episode. It's dense yeah. exactly. But whereas EJ's mother's like arc that pulls at your heartstrings, like mm-hmm. you know nobody's business. And I feel like that's why I would slightly have to just choose that one as my uh, my favorite um, over the others i would say and i i that's why they put it at the end because it does carry the most like emotional punch out of all the lives i think personally so so yeah that would that would be mine right shall we go through some favorite scenes or favorite quotes should we do this like you know go around and just each say uh say one that we've got sure Shall, shall, shall I start us off? So what I actually only have quotes written down because yeah, so do I. Scenes, <laughs> yeah, I adored yeah. all of them. But yeah. to me, the quotes kind of go with the scenes. So I, I've just got, so the first quote I've got uh, written down is from episode one. And it's Choi Yee-jae who says it. And he says, while I stood in place, unable to move forward. And the days kept repeating, what scared me the most was my uncertain future. And mm. I feel like I love that quote because I feel like it's such a relatable quote to uh, you know anybody at one point or another they feel like they're stuck in a place I think we all go through sometimes self-doubt and the fact that Mm -hmm. it seems like we're going nowhere but we're trying Mm -hmm. so hard but life just seems to not be moving forward um so I really really enjoyed that because I feel like it's such a relatable you know quote in essence so yeah I I really really like that one Jess Mm -hmm. that's so good um, this is a quote from Death. She says, no one is guaranteed anything in life. You've just been taking everything for granted. You didn't care for life and chose death so flippantly, but that baby didn't even get to make a choice. There are many others like that in the world. And this was after no. the baby's life. So the- That was mm, fifth the life. sixth life. Fifth? Yeah. Sixth life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That so was sad. hard to watch, that baby. <laughs> like, that was what? really sad. That was really sad. That too. was. That was. Naz. My favorite, favorite quote from the show was from episode eight. And EJ said this in his monologue. Um, and he said, you can't really say you're living when you live in constant fear. But mm. since I was a coward, I always lived in constant fear. Afraid that the world wouldn't recognize my worth, that I would fall behind my peers, and that I would be rejected. I ended up taking my own life due to my fear before life could even blossom. 
I only realized after dying that life in itself was an opportunity and the pain that I thought engulfed my whole life was only a small part of it. Mm. A clear day, a rainy day, a windy day. I learned that life was made up of these different days and that it was okay to fail as long as I kept going. It was only after I ended up inside my mom's body that I finally realized this. And I just love I that love that. I love that. I love that. I had that one written down as well. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Like he finally fi- got it. Yeah. Like he finally understood it. And this monologue is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, like it's so like beautiful. Yeah, like the whole heart of the show and like, I, I just thought it was beautiful. And I like was literally crying when he was staying. And I was just like, oh my gosh. It was like, what a way to like wrap up this show. So yeah, so good. Um, Another one that I've got down is from Death Herself. And it's humans are really amazing. They say their life is like hell, but they bear with it and carry on living in their so-called hell. And I'm like, that is... Because I think she says this in episode one and, you know, she says it as she's showing him hell and has, as, you know, she's showing him what hell could truly be like. And then he's like, I can't live in there. And it's like, yeah, but you said you couldn't live, you called your own life sort of, you know, hell as well. Mm. And mm. I I just feel like for such a, what's the word we're using for her? For such a character that is supposed to be impartial, she comes up with these lines that are just pure gold. And, you know, that one and the fact that she also throws at him, humans don't recognize an opportunity even when it's handed to them. It's just like, that's mm. him in a in a, in in a nutshell because she's just giving him all of these chances and he's just choosing to not realize what he has in front of him so i i really really liked that one as well what about you jess have you got i have one more that we haven't talked about and it's the fact that the mom never takes the money that he leaves her oh yeah yeah yeah. listen if i was a mom um you wouldn't hear from me again but yeah she turns in the money (laughs) (laughs) and she says that uh she felt it was a punishment receiving the money and she quotes he meant so much more to me than all the money in the world it's beautiful it's beautiful it's beautiful and that's why like her life just hit me the most like (laughs) her lifetime just absolutely hit me the most so so yeah do we have any more beautiful dialogues you want to mention yes there's a few so uh, back to the 11th life so I think a few people online were confused about the 11th life, the suicidal man who ran into traffic mm-hmm. in episode yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So UJ decides to do the same thing in episode 11, episode eight, I think where he's in that body at the save point And he decides to run into traffic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and realizes that he is back in time seven years ago and he's chosen the wrong thing like he Mm -hmm. chose to end his life and set into motion again his own misfortune in his own life because he witnessed this traumatic event and it set him on a bad trajectory Mm. i don't like i don't know if the ending of the show there's a lot of little logistical questions because we haven't talked about like Kim Jun and the way he is 
justice is served for his character mm-hmm. but if he he's now like back at the save point none of this justice has been served right that is true none of these characters have died yet i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so will they still die i think the answer is yes unless he intervenes yeah but he has always said that the the thing is would death allow him to intervene because that is she she had always said that's their fate is to die there and then so they're already dead at that point so i would think that even if he tried to intervene she wouldn't let him because they've that's you know in their fate to die but yeah. if we're going down right but for road, for the vi- like how do i put this for kim jian's pak Teo, who is the other serial killer <laughs> in the show because there's yeah, always yeah, multiple yeah. yes yes always um he never dies he, he doesn't, doesn't die. That is true. He doesn't. So true. he's not fated to die. That is true. So that how is, is he going to exact justice without all of this, uh, all of these other people and their information in his hands? Like he would have to, like, do, do something. something. Yeah. I wonder if they're giving you something like I don't know. And that's why I say, like, there could be a season two where... There could definitely be. You know, he's trying to save all of these people, maybe from their imminent deaths, and in the process, redo some of this justice that he served in season one to Kim Jian's character. Mm. I would actually really, really love to watch that because I think it would work. Like, especially for... Because if he's now back at that point... It means, you know, um, who's who? What's his girlfriend's character's uh, name? I, I oh, cannot remember. Name of the character? Uh, Jisoo. 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 Yeah. So I'm assuming that now he's learned and he would probably, you know, go be with her again. So he knows she's going to die and he knows where she's going to die and all of that. So it would be, he would try everything in his power to not go through that again for sure um other lives i'm sure he would try but for her specific life i i would assume that he would be stepping in death's way a lot and i think this could be a really really interesting you know second season i think there's story there for a second season especially because this was only eight episodes so they could tack on another eight episodes i'm not gonna lie i really would love a spin-off just with death and like just her doing her own thing because I feel like her story is also could be really interesting but I don't think that's like a a thing that they would necessarily do but it would be interesting to come back for a season two because mm-hmm. like they said they they do very much leave it on an open ending and it's like up to each one to you know interpret it as you want you don't actually see him there like you don't see him at the top of the building you just see his phone ring and his mum calling um so anything could have happened but you know it it is an open ending and i do wonder if it's like whether he goes back in time or they could go down the route of it being a parallel 
universe where events go down differently i don't know like they they could go down so many routes i think so yeah so yeah definitely a lot there could potentially do a second season but i almost want them to like just leave it alone just like that's my thought too is leave it like like, just leave it signal ending just like yeah just like slightly open ending he's back he gets to live his life and he'll be happy and i yeah and who knows what happens to all right, of these other yeah. people <laughs> right right yeah yeah we still and have also, two serial killers on the loose <laughs> yes true true two serial killers yeah on the loose <laughs> but hey ho would it be a k-drama without a couple of serial killers thrown right. in right like honestly i feel like they could do a season two like who called child protective services to the house for the baby was it the neighbor or know. was it ej himself calling child protective services as his that was nothing the baby did no that's true that's true who would have called protective services was it a neighbor or was it somebody i think i think i think it was at one point like the first time it was a neighbor that called them yeah and then the baby died and then like the police came in and sort of realized that it was the parents that killed him at least that's what i that's how it happens both times like he literally could do nothing as a baby no 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 to stop the fate of no No. i don't yeah i don't think that that one he was doomed like in that one that i mean there was no way he could have come out of that one i mean he can't even talk at that point so you know (laughs) so yeah um have you guys got so we've talked about the ending we've talked about the characters have you got any last thoughts or anything anything you kind of want to slot in that we haven't talked about yet someone thought that they that Ido Hyun and Ko Yoon Jung like when they were talking and then um serial killer number one Kim Ji Eun like runs them over that because they were talking and they got to know each other that was why she died but she was always supposed to die there. Like they were always oh, supposed yeah. to die. Yeah. By Kim Ji Eun's yeah. hand. They thought basically. that like because Ido Hyun's character basically like interrupt like was like an interruption and like basically she became a casualty mm. because they weren't supposed to cross paths. Something like that. Like I was like, oh, no, I think they were always supposed. Not that the only difference is now they got to know each other versus right. they both got run over and they didn't know each other. Yeah, because they were. I feel yeah. like they were both supposed to always die there, anyways. It's just yes, they actually became like somewhat friends. That was the only well, thing that was different. Mm-hmm. I think so because even like do you know in the beginning episodes, uh, you always see like they keep showing you this scene of two like outlines of bodies, mm-hmm. and I in always thought, yeah, I thought it was like his body like from him falling from the building and then like somebody else that he kind of like hit or something on his way you know uh, he crashed into somebody or something that's like what I initially thought but then I realized that no that scene is from like that car crash later on where Mm -hmm. you know they're talking and they both die um so I think that was always meant to happen exactly as it did like they Mm. were both meant to to die in that place for one reason or another Mm -hmm. so so yeah I don't think there was um any change there really I have two gun nitpicks if you'll allow me (laughs) 
<laughs> Guy for it. Guy for um, it. So he tries to sh- kill death, which is the stupidest thing that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> after one of the lives. It's like, what are you doing? He try he shoots death. Stupid. But he she later picks up the bullet that he wasted to use it on him. Mm-hmm. And that's not how that works. Um, it's a it's a bullet and a casing. And you typically can't reuse a bullet unless you melt yeah, it back yeah, down. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's not how guns work. So anyway, um, <laughs> also, when <laughs> I understand it's a fantasy and we're in a, like an underworld realm and yeah. it's not a real gun. But I was like, I don't. I just got taken way out of the show. <laughs> Number two, um, she she gives him a revolver at the end of the show to shoot himself with a blue bullet in like a Russian roulette style. Yeah. And the gun would never fire because neither of them cocked it. Um, ah! The hammer was still sky high. Like, so yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. So he's never going to go back because the gun would never shoot. Yeah. I I know. I, I was like, that's, I was two very nitpicky things, but I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know nothing I, about guns, so I did not pick yeah, up. Yeah, I was gonna all. say I know nothing about guns. I've <laughs> okay. never seen a gun in my whole life. I don't. I don't think I ever will. So okay, I... glad I'm here then to shed a little light. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, we got that. Those two tidbits. Is there anything else you guys want to mention, or are we done? No, no, no. I think that's it. Are we good? Yeah. Are we good? He's good. Yeah. Yeah, Overall, such a good show. It was just brilliant like, show. Yeah, so brilliant, and it was like I don't know. It was just such a great way to start off twenty twenty four in K drama land. So I hope it's just mm-hmm. like a sign of good things to come because it was just a great way to start the year with such an amazing show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I hope this writing keeps going into twenty twenty four because I need more K dramas with this style of writing. Same. Um, <laughs> Not necessarily this story, but just like good writing. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that if if this is as good as it's gonna be for 2024, then we're in for a good. So happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I would be very happy. So Mm -hmm. so yeah, that is it. That is our Death's Game review. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on. It's um, been so nice to be here and crashing your review of Death's Game. I appreciate you, it. You know, you know, you can crash anytime. Like you have an open standing invitation anytime, as well as you, Naz. You know, oh, you're more than welcome you. anytime. Where can people find you guys? Um, Socials and all. You of go that. first, Naz. <laughs> yes. For me, you can follow me on um, Instagram at Swoon Diaries Pod, and my podcast is also called the Swoon Diaries Podcast, and I'm available wherever you listen to podcasts. And Liliana, thank you so much for for having me. I'm really honored. Thank you. You're very welcome. What about you, Jess? Where can people find you? Well, so I'm on um, usually Instagram and TikTok at DebakPod, D-A-E-B-A-K-P-O-D, and you can find Debak Rambles podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, what is it called? Uh, why am I Apple thinking podcasts? iTunes? Apple Podcasts. Apple Thank yes. you. Jeez. <laughs> I had this iTunes in happened. my head. Lord. Okay. So anyway, 
you can find me on all of those and be happy to have you over there while we talk at length about K-dramas and a few C-dramas as well. Thank yes, you for right. having me, Liliana. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Yes, uh, I will fun. link all of those in the episode notes, so go follow them. And thank you guys so much, and we shall see you next time. Bye. 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 Want to find an Asian drama community? Then join the Tea and Soju Discord server, where we chat everything from C dramas to K dramas to J dramas. To chat with me, check out any of the socials. Please help the podcast by rating, viewing, and subscribing wherever you listen to help others find this little corner. Lastly, consider joining Patreon to further support the podcast and receive extra content. All of the links are in the episode description. That's it. This has been another episode episode of the Tea and So Drew C Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and I'll see you next week for more C Drama Chatter.